Amen. Amen. Feel empowered this morning? Tell you what, <laughs> some of you are not awake yet. So that's all right. I thought I was going to have a spirit break out in here and Pastor James started talking about food. Everybody's raising their hand. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Why is it that we love food so much? I mean, just it, I, I cannot have a conversation with somebody without it turning to food somehow. I mean, it just happens that way. You know, I mean, it, but much like we love to feed our bodies the food, are we that excited about God? About God feeding the spiritual man? I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, there's just something about uh, uh, sitting around talking about food, you know, it just makes you, oh, get you hungry. Those of you that was here last week, you heard my analogy about the five-pound gummy bear and the Holy Spirit. For those of you that was following me on Facebook, you saw that the five-pound gummy bear arrived last Monday. And uh, there's a picture on there, my grandson and granddaughter, they're holding this five-pound gummy bear. And let me tell you something, that is the coolest thing. You need to get on Amazon, spend $27, and buy you a five-pound gummy bear. $27. Oh, that ain't nothing, brother. They had an eight-foot gummy snake for $120, so. If you, uh, hey, we're testing out the five-pound gummy bear first before we go with the eight-foot snake. But uh, I'm here to tell you that that gummy bear, uh, five pounds, has lost a little weight. It's down to three and a half pounds now. Uh, you know, they'll go in there and slice, but it, it, it is pretty cool. So this morning we're going to be talking, this is week four of the Empire series about the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this morning we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? We're going to read verse 1. If you do not have your Bibles, you can find us on the Version Bible app. Just search under there for live events and you'll see Hope Church there and uh, you'll be able to pull it up. But this morning we're going to be talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read just this first verse with you and then we're going to get into the message. Verse 1 says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Another version says, I do not want you to be ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit. Meaning it is up to you and us, to, 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 to you and myself, to, to search the Scriptures to see who the Holy Spirit is, to who He really is. You know, uh, there is a Trinity. Did you know that? There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times... We look at God the Father, God the Son, but we fail to look at God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and His purpose for our lives. And that's what this whole sermon series has been about, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, because we've got to understand it's the Holy Spirit that empowers our walk with God. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came, but He said, I've got to go away, because if I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, cannot come to empower the walk that you have started with God. Albert Einstein once said, the only source of knowledge is experience. The only source of knowledge is experience. You have to experience it for yourself. It's like we're talking about food. We'll get back on food for a second. But you can stand up here like Pastor James did and start talking about the choice meats and, and you're sitting there thinking, man, that, oh, that sounds good, you know. But until you go out and experience that steak sitting in your plate or the salad in your plate, you don't know how good it really is. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's like me standing up here telling you the feeling you get while riding with Pastor Todd driving. I mean, until you experience it yourself, you do not know the fear that can go through you. 
Pastor Todd said, well, you've only ridden with me one time. That's all it took, brother. That's all it took. That and six weeks of counseling. But uh, <laughs> you have to experience it for yourself is what I'm trying to tell you. So the whole, this whole deal about the, the, the being filled with the Holy Spirit, I mean, through all these weeks that we're speaking about it, we can only tell you what it feels like. It's up to you to experience it yourself. And so I, I tell you this morning, do not let the only experience of the Holy Spirit be found in this sermon that's preached today. You need to know who He is. You need to seek who He is. And you need to be filled with who He is. Now somebody asked me one time, how does it really feel to be filled with the Spirit? I mean, I know how it feels to, to, to obtain salvation, ask Jesus Christ to forgive me, and I, I know the peace that I feel on that. But how does it really feel to be filled with the Spirit? And I think, uh, I don't know if it was Justin or who it was, I actually got some footage of Pastor Todd starting out his day with the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's show him that video right quick. This is what it feels like for Pastor Todd to be filled with the Spirit. So why would you want to start your day any other way than without the Holy Spirit in your life? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to try to face anything in this world without the Holy Spirit right there. Now this morning we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit brings to this situation. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that is given to Spirit-filled believers for manifestation to be used by the Spirit in His timing at His discretion. Let me say that last part again. They're used by this Holy Spirit in His timing at His discretion. This is not something that you just run around with and start using at your own discretion. The Holy Spirit through you will work uh, through your life. In verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 12, it says, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. And to another, prophecy. And to another, distinguishing between the spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretations of tongues. Okay, this morning I don't want you to get confused by the nine gifts of the Spirit and confuse it with the fruits of the Spirit. Okay? Because the Bible says in, in Galatians 5, and 23, it says these are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. You know, it gets me all the time when people come in, you know, and they'll, you know, just a Christian that you meet, somebody comes up and says, I have the gift of love, or I have the gift of peace. No, you don't. You don't have that. That's not a gift. That is the fruits of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. If you're not walking around showing love, showing peace, 
showing patience, then I'm going to question your walk with God. Because these are the fruits of the Spirit. These is what should be manifested through your life in your daily walk with God. But the gifts of the Spirit is a different set. The gifts of the Spirit is what's given to us when we allow the Holy Spirit to live in us and through us. You see, there was a gentleman one time that uh, was driving through a neighborhood and he saw this house that he liked. And he thought, man, I'd really love to have the house, but it's not for sale and there's still a family living there. But he had two partners with him. The first partner said, you know, I'm a real estate agent. Kind of like Jerry here. I'm a real estate agent. I go out there and see if I can get a deal done that we could get this house for you. So he goes up and he talks to the family, works out a deal, and signs a contract, pays the payment. So now the man owns the house. So this is great. You know, he's got the house, but it's not in the side of this house. It's not to what he wants. I want some walls moved. I need some things taken care of. Well, the, the second person that he had with him said, you know what? I'm a general contractor. I can go in there and change these walls around. I can paint. I can add things, whatever you want. So he goes in and changes the wall around, the, the house around. And then he finds this secret room that had all kinds of stuff in it. Well, he tears the secret room out and gets rid of everything until it's finally to the liking of the person that bought the house. What I'm telling you this morning is that's the analogy of what God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit came to do for you. You see, God looked down and saw, saw you. He knew you before you was even born. And he said, I've got to create a way for this person to, to, to overcome the sinful nature that they're in. So Jesus Christ says, you know what, I can do this. So he goes down, he pays the ultimate price for you and I. He sheds his blood, he fills out a contract for your life that you give your life to, Jesus, to, to God. But you see, a lot of times that's where we stop. A lot of times we think about God, we think about what Jesus did, but we fail to see that the Holy Spirit is a general contractor. The Holy Spirit is going to come into your life. There's going to be things that it may feel uncomfortable when He comes into your life, that He's going to take out. Why? Because the Bible says that God cannot look upon sin. There may be things hidden in that secret room that you don't want to give up, but if, if you want the Holy Spirit to work through you and in your life, then you've got to be willing to let go of everything that's in there and allow Him to come in and take residence. He brings with Him the nine gifts of the Spirit. And I want you to understand this morning that uh, the gifts of the Spirit is used by the Holy Spirit through you. The gifts of the Spirit are supernatural manifestations used in the believer's lives that are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has control of these gifts. I wished we had time to be able to break down all nines of these gifts and to look at it, but time doesn't permit that. But maybe, just maybe, in the fall when this new building is out here, we'll have room that maybe we can have a nine-week class leading up maybe towards Christmas time on the gifts of the Spirit to be able to break it down and look at each one because you need to understand how the Holy Spirit wants to work through your life with these nine gifts. Because just like you've seen a while ago, it goes from just an ordinary person to an extraordinary person when you begin to put the Holy Spirit on. Now I asked this question in the first service, and this is for the, some of the older people, but how many of you remember going trick-or-treating when you was a kid and they had them old plastic masks that had the rubber band that went around the back of your head and you put them things on, man, 30 minutes and this thing, you're sweating to death and the sweat coming out and you tasting that plastic and everything else. Well, see, that's how we, 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 we pretend to be a lot of times. Since we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, we pretend to be a Christian that is filled with the Holy Spirit. So we try to put on these things that make it look like we're filled with the Spirit. 
But to be truly filled with the Spirit, you're going to be taking on the Holy Spirit much like uh, he did in, in that video. The Holy Spirit is full of power. The Holy Spirit wants to work through your life. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. He wants to guide you and take you to places that you've never been before. Have you ever read in the Word a Scripture and, and, and uh, you looked at the Scripture and you said, I don't understand exactly what this is, what it means. The Holy Spirit will bring it to life for you. The Holy Spirit will show you exactly what it means for your life. There's a reason that the Bible is called the living Word of God. It changes you see, what's good for you may not be good for me. What's good for me may not be good for Pastor Todd. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, every man must work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. Meaning, you need to study the scriptures. You need to see what this means for your life. You need to understand that these gifts are for your life. How many Bible scholars do we have in here this morning? For those of you that was in here in the first service, you know, don't, don't act like you know the answer to this. But my question was this morning, when was Jesus filled with the Spirit? Does anybody know when Jesus was filled with the Spirit? I mean, Jesus came down as an example for us. So for him to be an example for us, for us to obtain the same walk that he had, then he must have been filled with the Holy Spirit. At what point in Jesus' ministry was he filled with the Holy Spirit? During the water baptism. Because the Bible says that when he went to John to be baptized, that he came straightway out of the water, he saw the heavens open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove. And then God proclaimed, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So at that point right there that Jesus Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now when it came time in Jesus' ministry that he had to go away, he said, it's expedient. I, it's detrimental that I go away, because if I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit cannot come and, and dwell and, and fill you. You see, every uh, Jesus, I didn't say this in, this morning in the first service, but it was right after Jesus was filled with the Spirit that he was carried away into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. I believe that that was when the gifts of the Holy Spirit came into play for Jesus Christ. You see, I'm going to give you a shareable quote right now. They're going to put it up here, and it's on Facebook if you want to share it. But it says, Much in the same way that soldiers are equipped to fight in battle, the Holy Spirit through us is equipped to fight in the supernatural. You see, the battles that Jesus Christ fought was in supernatural. Can I tell you this morning that, that if God came down and opened your eyes to see spiritual things around you right now, that it would scare you to death? A lot of you already got in the fetal position on the ground. If you saw some of the angels and the demons that walk around us on a daily basis, how can you fight that battle? You cannot fight that battle. That has to be through the Holy Spirit working through you using the gifts of the Spirit. Let Him fight the battle for you. Scriptures tell us that Jesus' encounter... Uh, after this, tells us of his encounter and temptation by Satan. I believe Jesus needed the comforter and the gifts of the Spirit to overcome his meeting with Lucifer. Every gift of the Spirit was found in constant use during the ministerial years of Jesus. Jesus displayed who the Holy Spirit was and the need for us to be filled with the third person of the Trinity. In John fourteen twelve, he says, Verily, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. 
And they will do them even greater than these because I am going to the Father. Greater works of the gifts you will do. I believe we fail to recognize who the Holy Spirit is because we choose to be blind to his existence in this days that we live. I'm going to say that one more time if you want to pull your feet back so they don't get stepped on. I believe we fail to recognize who the Holy Spirit is because we choose to be blind to his existence in today's that we live in. What are you talking about, Pastor Paul? I was raised in a Pentecostal church. I was raised in an Assembly of God church in Crowley, Texas. And it, it, was, it was enough to go to a, ch- a church, but to go to a Pentecostal church, when you try to invite your friends to come to church, man, you had to explain what Pentecostal was. You know what I mean? They see people up there raising their hands. They see people up there shouting. They see people up there crying. You know what I mean? What's going on here? You had to ex- try to explain it to them. So a lot of times, I didn't even invite my friends to come to church because I didn't want to have to explain Pentecostal. Was I ashamed of it? No, I wasn't ashamed of it. But I was not filled with the Holy Spirit, so I didn't quite know exactly what was going on myself. How could I explain it to somebody when I didn't even know? A pastor that I sat under for several years told me a story one time about a a similar experience that he had. His father was actually the pastor of the church. So in order for uh, somebody to spend the night, the rule was they had to go to church with you on Sunday morning. He said, you know, he said, it it was enough being a church, but being a Pentecostal church, he said, we had this one sister that went there. You always have that one one person that you have to try to explain to people. And everybody's looking at us like, is that me? Am I that person? I didn't want to to say this, but everybody has that one pastor you got to try to explain. But uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We love Pastor Todd. But he said he had a friend that was going to come, and, and, and the problem was is, is this one certain sister, she always sat on the front row, and uh, she, she loved serving God. She, just, she did everything she could for God, and she would go on Saturdays, and she would invite all the neighborhood kids to her Sunday school class, and on Sunday she would gather them in, and she would begin to teach them the Bible. But as she got older, her knees didn't work the way they should, so she couldn't walk the neighborhood, and she couldn't get them into her class so she passed her class off to somebody else but she still loved God she still wanted to serve God so she would come into the service and she would sit down and she would be they would begin singing the the, the songs like there's power in the blood and stuff like that I mean and all of a sudden she would just start squirming in her seat she start getting excited you know he said, and all of a sudden you could tell when the Spirit was about ready to break out because she would just jump up and she would go Woo, glory He says, how do you explain that to somebody? But nevertheless, he had a friend come with him to church. And the night before, he he got down and he prayed and he said, God, you know, I've got somebody I'm bringing to church with me. He said, whatever you do, God, don't bless that sister. (laughs) Don't bless her. So he brought him to church and they're sitting there in the back and his friend's trying to talk to him. And he, and but he's, his eyes are right down. He's pinpointed on that lady sitting on that front row. And he's watching her. And then they started singing the songs again. And all of a sudden she just started, she moved a little bit. And he's like, oh. And she moved a little bit more. And he's like, oh God, please. You know, and then all of a sudden she started squirming. Here she goes. 
making her way up. And she jumped up and, woo, glory! And he thought, God, why did you bless her? I thought I asked you, you know, not to. He said, then God spoke to him. And he said, what happens when you mix fire with water? He said, you get steam. The scriptures tell us that out of, out of the, our bellies flow rivers of living water. Jesus said that, that, that there's one coming after me that's going to baptize you with fire. So now you've got the, water, the living water, now you've got the fire. He said, this little lady sets up here and she wants to serve God with everything she's got. She's got so much of the Word of God in her that the water is flowing inside her. And when the Holy Spirit begins moving upon her, all she can do is just do like a tea kettle and jump up and let the steam out. Woo! Glory! And then he said, what I would give to hear her do it one more time. You see, the... The church world that we're living in today, the, the comment I made earlier that, that, that we fail to see the existence of the Holy Spirit and what He truly does in our day and time because we choose not to see it. I'm fine. I'm fine with just what I've got. Are you really? Do you want the Holy Spirit working through you? Then you've got to open up and allow Him to come in. But i got that little secret room. I've got things hiding in there I don't want nobody to see. He's going to tear it out. He's going to move some walls around. He's going to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable at times, but understand this, it's for your best interest. Allow the Holy Spirit to move through you. Now let me, let me, let me just clarify something right quick. There's a big difference between what happens when the Holy Spirit is moving and humanism. What are you talking about? I'm talking about when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Bible says that, that you may begin to speak in other tongues. You may have the discernment of spirits. You may have prophecy. Whatever it is that he's working through you. There's a big difference between that and somebody trying to make it happen. Raised in a Pentecostal church, I've seen people that, that, that were slain in the Spirit that hit the floor and it didn't even hurt them. And I've seen people that tried to find a soft spot. You see what I'm saying? I mean, they're like trying to fall. That's oh, a little soft. Okay, boom. You know? That's humanism. That's people trying to make the Holy Spirit work through them. There's a big difference there. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman? The Holy Spirit, will, will, He's only going to work through you what you allow Him to work through you. I mean, you're still in control of your body. It's not like, oh, He took me over, you know? You're still in control of what you speak. You're still in control of the actions that you do. You're still in control whether or not you're going to give in to the temptations of sin. The Holy Spirit there is to guide you. He is our GPS to get home. God never intended for the infilling of the Holy Spirit to be an option. He intended for the Holy Spirit to to be there for us and guide us. He is our guide, our protector, our comforter. He's our, he's our comforter in the darkest moments and our joy in the best times of our lives. He will open scriptures to you and show you the meaning of mysteries that scholars have spent a lifetime trying to figure out. So the question is not, should I be filled with the Holy Spirit? The question really is, why are you questioning this? 
Do you believe in God? You've accepted the sacrifice and the resurrection of His Son. Now is the time to complete the trifecta of the Trinity and transform from an ordinary Christian to an extraordinary Christian. It's time for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be empowered. A.W. Tozer said, The Spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and partial of the total plan of God for His people. God has a plan for your life. God has a walk for you. God has a way for you. And He wants you to use the Holy Spirit to help you get there. What if I fall out? What if I... You know? We don't understand the Holy Spirit sometimes because we fail to seek who He is. We fail to read about who He is, what He wants to do in our life. Did you ever see anything that Jesus Christ did that you would not do other than go to the cross? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He said greater works than these you're going to do. Greater things than this you're going to do. So this morning, what does this mean for us? Number one, giving the Holy Spirit residence in your spirit provides you with the most awesome roommate. Anybody here ever had roommates before? Did you get along? Nah. Let me tell you, and we're not talking about Pastor Justin being a roommate either because I've heard stories on that. So we're having a special prayer meeting for Sister Abigail after, no, just kidding. <laughs> but you're not going to get along half the time because you're two different people. And it's like I said this morning, it's kind of a precursor to marriage. You're not going to get along all the time. Don't look at me and say, I don't, yeah, we never fight. You're a liar. <laughs> because you take two people, brothers and sisters, I don't care who it is, you put them in a, in a house together for six months, there's going to be some fighting and arguing. Why? Because you're two totally different people. But the Holy Spirit is not like that. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He is the most awesome roommate that you will ever have working in your life. Number two, your acceptance of the Holy Spirit will fill areas of your spiritual life that are lacking in understanding. He wants to open up to you all the mysteries. He wants to open up to you everything to have a, an abundant life to walk through. And number three is the band comes back this morning. Number three, what does this mean for me? Everything. This means everything for you. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus. Why don't we believe in the Holy Spirit? You know, I wish there was a... I wish there was a... a pattern that I could tell you to follow after to come up here and be filled with the Holy Spirit but there's not I've seen people come up and be filled with the Holy Spirit in just a few minutes I've seen people that it's taken several years it took me a year and a half before I finally opened up and said God whatever it is that's in here and I finally prayed and emptied myself out that he came and filled me up if you don't quite understand who the Holy Spirit is I encourage you to get in your word and seek him out Understand what he has come to do. He has a purpose. 
He wants to work in your life. Not only in your life, but He wants to work through your family. So this morning, if you will stand with me, they're going to do this last song this morning. But before they do, maybe you have taken the time to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Praise God. But you have not taken the time to ask Him to fill you with His Spirit because you, maybe you really never even thought about it. Maybe, maybe you question because you see you've heard stories about Pentecostalism and all kinds of stuff and it scares you. Or maybe you just feel like you're just comfortable the way you are. Let me tell you something. When the battle comes, I don't want to be just the way I am. I want the Holy Spirit working through me, fighting the battles for me. So this morning, after I say a prayer, we're going to have the prayer team. We're going to go ahead and have them come up here this morning. We'll have some in the front, some in the back. We're going to ask you this morning, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want to, if you want to know more information about the Holy Spirit, then come up here. Find a prayer partner. Let us pray with you. Let us talk with you. Because this is going to change your life altogether. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come to you today, Lord. Thanking you, God, for everything that you're doing through this sermon series of Empire. God, we just pray right now, Lord, that your spirit will just move through this place, dear God, touching hearts and lives, drawing them to you. Father, we just pray right now, Lord, for the service, God. Touch the lives. Lord, if, if there's anybody here that does not know you as their personal Savior, let them find one of the prayer partners. I pray the prayer of salvation. If there's anybody here, Lord, that's seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord, let them find one of the prayer partners. Pray with them. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in Hope Church, dear God. We glorify in your name this morning, Lord, and we give you the honor. In Jesus' name we ask and we pray. Amen.